0: Welcome, welcome. Glad you are here. Welcome, everybody. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from DansFish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and I'm glad to have you along. Let me just, my mic seems a little hot. Let me dampen it down just a bit. Um, glad you all could make it. Glad you're here. It's been a crazy day. I'll tell you about that in a bit and um, I'll also fill you in on an amazing conference that's happening and that's what the giveaway is. The winner will get a pass to this conference and it'll tell you all the details and everything. There's no hotel or airfare or anything like that necessary. It's an e-conference. So you can watch it from the um, comfort of your own home on your own device. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be an awesome thing. Oh, I'm uh, trying to focus in. It's been a crazy day. So let me, let's do this. I'll tell you about my day. I'll tell you what I got in today. I got a large order in finally. And then after that, I'll go into the details of this conference and the giveaway and everything, because by then we should have enough folks in that, uh, that I won't have to repeat it (laughs) as many times. So let's do that. So I ordered a bunch of fish, and I'm happy to say several came in. Uh, not, not as many as you would normally have if we weren't dealing with the uh, shutdowns and everything right now, but a good number, enough to make it, you know, kind of worth the order, which was cool. Um, however, there were some issues with the order, which is that it got delayed... For a couple days in Memphis. It was supposed to be here. Normally, the fish get here Monday, but there are no airports in my entire state or in Montana that are currently accepting uh, cargo. So, no flights at all, I think, to Billings, Montana anymore, or the other, at least no cargo flights. And so, we're having to ship FedEx. Well, you can't ship FedEx on Sunday when the fish arrive. So, I'm paying someone to hold the fish for me, change the water in the bags and send them to me, right? It's a transhipper, basically. So um, so they send them Monday and they should get here Tuesday. So they change the water in the bags on Monday um, again, seal everything up so it should be nice and fresh and they should be okay and get here on Tuesday. However, they got delayed in Memphis, which is where every FedEx package goes. All FedEx goes to Memphis and then goes back out to wherever it's going. That's just how the system works at least for overnight. And so they did not arrive until today. So I've literally been um, going nonstop all day long. I just a few minutes ago got to the point where I can take a little break for this, this uh, uh, live stream, which is good, but can get a little bit to eat. I hadn't eaten since breakfast. So I I got a little food uh, about half an hour ago. (laughs) And it's a good weight loss program, this whole fish mongering gig. So I went and got the boxes today and there were some real issues. Um, this, is, this is probably the worst shipment I've got uh, in recent memory. And the issue is they just got too darned cold. So they came in uh, down at about 50 degrees, which is really cold for a lot of these species. And what kills me is that the company that sent them put cold packs in these boxes and I'm not sure why because they originated, uh, they landed in Los Angeles. It was in the 70s in Los Angeles, not too hot. Memphis is in the 50s the last couple days and here in Wyoming it's in the 30s to 40s. So I don't know why they put cold packs in there. I can't for the life of me figure it out but it did some damage. So let me quickly just real quickly go over um, what I got in. Got a couple Romino's tetras, uh, a couple different bags because I was trying a couple different suppliers. I'm trying really hard to find a good supplier of Romino's tetras. Um, those didn't come in well. Romino's hate the cold. Um, some, I ordered three different kinds of Rasboras, little Bararas species, just to see what they are because they're all common names, and so I wanted to test the waters and see what they mean by these common names. Which ones are they actually? Got three in. Two of the three bags did really well. One of the bags almost completely lost the whole bag, unfortunately. Um, Got some Bleeding Heart Tiger Platties. They did well. Platties don't mind the cold. Got some Discus. Um, Discus don't do well in the cold. The Honey Blue Eyes came in. The Pseudomugil Mellis did come in and I was super excited to see that on the invoice. Unfortunately, when I opened the box, they aren't actually Mellus; they're Signifer. So, uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, they aren't colored up completely yet, but I'm pretty darn sure they're Signifer instead of Mellus. So, it appears that the supplier that sells Pseudomugil Mellus actually sells Signifer. I might talk to them and try again because I really want that fish, but it's not what I got. Got some threadfin rainbows. Got a new lampeye, which is pretty cool. Uh, Poropanchax species, um, not Normani. A different one. <coughs> I think it's, excuse me, <coughs> talking's hard. I think it's Rancorelli, but I'll need to wait till they kind of color up and stuff to know for sure. Um, Let's see, what else? Got some, I ordered Hyphen Aeneas, but they came in, it's a Brocus species. I'm not sure quite which one, I'll have to look, but probably the, they call the Emerald Brocus is probably the one. Got a nice species of Corydoras, which was labeled as Paleotis, but it's not. I don't know what it is yet, so I'll let you know when I know. Um, some Blue acara Cichlids, not the electric blue, just the normal old, old-fashioned Blue acara. I like them a lot. Um, they don't like the cold, though. Some Honey Red Garamis, uh, those are struggling, too. Teapot Platties, because I just never tried them before and wanted to see what they were. Bumblebee platies, neondorf Rainbows several different varieties of female bettas this time. Not so many males, mostly females, including a really nice uh, show quality, rather expensive galaxy koi um, group. Also got in some green mask mustards and some blues and some black dragons, which are really, really pretty. Then got in red tiger platies, and we're almost done. The last thing was kytha danios. So, I'm going to say that out of that, probably 10 bags were really struggling. So most of my day today, I, I didn't make an unboxing video just because, not because I don't want to show you struggles, but because once I got into it, I was like, there's a lot of fish here that need attention now. And so I couldn't really justify taking extra time to videotape it and everything. So I don't have an unboxing, but that's what came in. And, uh, when things settled down and everything, I'll, I'll show you what came in and how it looks, but I spent most of the day doing triage on, on fish, uh, about half of which were really struggling. So not a fun day, not a fun shipment at all. It just, at one point I was just like, I was pretty upset <laughs> to tell you the truth. It's, uh, uh, it's just mad at this, at that trans shipper for putting cold packs in of all things. Um, When they were going somewhere cold, it just didn't make any sense. But so that's what came in. Half of it looks pretty good. Half of it's pretty cold tolerant. Um, The other half is struggling and we'll see how everything looks tomorrow. Time will tell. Sometimes uh, a little time is all they need and they pop back up and they surprise you. Other times, no matter what you do, you can't save them. So I'm doing my best. But that's what it's been today is a lot of like ER basically for fish that came in, um, in pretty bad shape. So it's been an interesting day, but I did get everyone, uh, acclimated, got meds in with everyone. Um, I'm hospitalizing basically the, the really, really, um, shaky ones and the ones that were doing well have eaten their first meal, which is usually baby brine shrimp as it was today. And a lot of them seem to be good. So I'm hopeful things will heal up, but um you never know. I'm done what I can. so we'll see tomorrow morning how we look. Um, let's move on to something more fun. Oh, shipping report. I'm thrilled to say that as far as I know, we have once again had 100% uh, live arrival uh, shipped out Monday, almost everything arrived Tuesday. we did have our first delay outbound which did not arrive until today. However, that customer has let me know that they they arrived alive, so everything seems to be good there. The only delays I seem to be getting from FedEx are inbound when I order things in, so (laughs) yeah. Um, So let me tell you about the giveaway about this um, Aquarium Veterinarian Conference that I think would be really interesting to attend. I'm definitely going to attend and how to enter to possibly win. Uh, One of you will win. And basically, Dan's Fish will pay for your ticket. So um, let's get into that. As we're getting into that, if you guys wouldn't mind, I really think this is important. I think this is a a rare opportunity to learn about fish health, nutrition, and diseases from actual veterinarians that specialize in aquarium fish. This doesn't happen often. Um, This is... An area of our industry or our hobby or our field, however you want to look at it, that is really bad, that needs some change. Shipping is one. We're working on that. And then this is the other one, just uh, better knowledge of how to care for fish so, and to treat diseases. We all have seen the Facebook posts where there's this blurry picture and it's like, what's wrong with my fish? And people actually respond as if they know what's wrong with the fish. It drives me nuts. Um, And we've all also received fish, I'm assuming most of us have received fish on occasion hopefully not often but every now and then that it's like something's wrong with this and i can't figure it out right and that's a very frustrating thing so i think this is an opportunity for us to get some knowledge so if you guys wouldn't mind um sharing this out letting people know this is happening i want everyone possible to hear about this i've been sharing it as much as i can because it's a rare thing that hobbyists are invited to a conference with actual aquarium veterinarians And we can go and we can listen to all the presentations and we can ask questions through chat and participate as much as a farm or a warehouse or a wholesaler or whatever would. So with that, let's go here. Um, And let me share this with you. So here is what's going on. The Aquarium Vet... I, first time hearing them, of them, um, they're based in Australia, this organization, is putting together a conference and it's gonna be this coming week, May 18th through the 31st, 6.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, at $62.50 Australian, which is about 40 bucks in our dollars, in US dollars. And um, let me show you who will be here. Um, Dr. Timothy Miller Morgan out of Carson College in Oregon will be there. And that's enough for the ticket. But here's, here's kind of the breakdown. The first day, sustainability, fish welfare, water quality. Day two, anatomy and physiology. Day three, nutrition, reproduction. Day four, biosecurity, disease and management. So that's kind of the breakdown of the four, four days. Here are our speakers. And I'll just kind of page down and pause at each one gradually, so you can see who they are. And if you're interested, you can dig. There he is, Timothy Miller Morgan. If you're interested, you can dig into more about them. Um, but these are legit people. And it's very, very rare that we get a chance to um, rub shoulders with them. Okay, so that's that's what's happening. Let me link this. So people can, okay, I just put a link down to the thing I'm looking at now, which is the speakers and the schedule. Let me put a link of this as, as well. Make sure that that's the flyer. Flyer. Because from this flyer, you can get, uh, you can get to the other stuff. And then the winner, I, I wanna show you this. Uh, Here's where you go to purchase your ticket. Whoever wins, in order for me to buy your ticket for you, I will need to have a little bit of information. And I just want to go over this with you so you can see the kind of information we'll need. Um, 62.50, but that's Australian dollars. So we'll need your first and last name, your address, your city, your state. Um, are those required? Um, your zip code, your email address, and that's the information that I will need so I can go ahead and go in here and make the purchase for you. I don't know how to like do it any other way. So just be aware of that. And if you're not comfortable with that, I understand, but then, you know, don't enter the giveaway because, um, that is what I need to know so I can register you. Um, okay. So, hopefully, you guys think that's exciting. To me, this is a massive opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. In fact, it's such an opportunity that I won't be live streaming next week. First time in a long, long time. But I'm going to be attending the conference. And it's Monday night through Thursday night. So, I don't want to miss it. Um, one thing I should say is that you don't have to watch it live, you can. Um, If you win, or you decide to register on your own, and I would encourage everyone to do that, but I mean, when else are you gonna get a chance to learn this stuff from actual experts instead of just the the lore and the misinformation we keep telling each other over and over and over again? (laughs) Right? (laughs) But people that actually know. Um, Anyway, if you can't be there, if you have to miss one or miss the whole thing, um, they're recording it, And if you have bought a pass, then they will send you a link where you can go watch it in a replay format. I want to be there live, though, because I want to be able to ask questions. So that's why I'm missing next Wednesday's live stream. Um, I I don't. The replay is good. I'm sure it'll be great. But if it's a rare chance to actually ask specific questions, so I want to be there for that. So no live stream next week from me. and hopefully that uh, will help encourage folks to go uh, to the e-conference the the Aquarium Vet e-conference instead. So to win, hashtag fish vet. So if you wanna win, enter hashtag fish vet, F-I-S-H-V-E-T, and you will be entered to win. If you win, then um, I'll need to get that information we talked about from you, and then I can Dan's Fish can purchase a pass for you so you can attend. So you put a link to your personal hard drive. Oh, that's good. (laughs) That's good. Let me go up and delete that link. Did I really? (laughs) Sorry. Hopefully no one can get into that personal hard drive. Oh, that's a little scary. Hang on, guys. I got to fix that. That's no good. Thanks for letting me know, Mr. Guppy. Which one is it? Which one is the personal hard drive? It's gotta be this one, right? Okay. I've removed the one that I think is the personal one. Oh, that's a little dangerous. Yeah, okay, I think... Could someone let me know? Um, There's one link left is the one that's left, hopefully that's not personal. Could someone let me know if it is? Because then I can, uh... there is no airfare, Shayla. um, As I said, it's an e-conference, it's all online. Uh, Like Zoom or something like that. Like this, like this. It's basically live streaming it and you can chat. Could someone uh, let me know if the link that's still up is personal? I deleted the right one, okay, good. (laughs) <laughs> hopefully you still needed a password to get in I think you did okay it was a dead link okay good good well okay so hopefully the link that's still up um, works for you and actually I did not I did not link this last one. I mean if you if you Google the aquarium vet you'll see it but I think I can also. Here's, I'm linking the page right now where you can go purchase a ticket if you would like. And I'm darn sure that's not personal information. So I think that's safe. Let me know if I'm wrong. (laughs) Apparently, Apparently, I like to invite people into my drive. (laughs) Come one, come all. Uh, All right, so hopefully you guys think that's as cool as I do. Um, I hope to see as many of you there as possible and they, everyone says this. They say that seating is limited. So, um, you know, the sooner the better, probably. And they also say that if they don't get your registration um, more than 24 hours before the conference, it might be hard for them to get everything turned around and get you everything you need to attend uh, in time. So I wouldn't wait till Sunday, I guess, is what I'm saying. Of course... I know all the tricks that box offices use being a theater producer myself. So I don't know if that's real or not, but yeah. Anyway, um, let me get to your questions and comments. That's, that's about it for me. This uh, aquarium veterinarian conference is the main thing I wanted to talk about. And for those that um, are confused, no, there's no airfare. There's no hotel. You, you watch it live on your computer and you can participate in chat and ask questions and things from what i've read on your computer now i I should say this this is the first one of these that i know of um i've never attended this before so i'm just telling you the information i read on their site and on their flyer and things so as far as i know (laughs) everything i told you is accurate but please know this isn't personal experience i just saw that they were doing this I recognize some of the speakers' names, um, I know their expertise, and I wanted to be part of it and thought I should let you all know about it. But what I'm telling you is just information I'm getting from reading their their website. So I can't vouch for it yet. All right. With that, let's get to your questions and comments. 44MadGuyFishAndMore, um, what's up? What's up, 44 MagGa. good to see you, glad you're here want to thank my mods while I'm thinking about it. Appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for being here every week, doing what you do. Um, yeah, this would run much worse <laughs> without you. How's that for high praise? This show would run much worse without my mods. <laughs> you guys do an excellent job. Thank you so much. Fishy Fun 47 Hi, Dan's Fish and the rest of the gang. Well, hello. Hello, everybody. Moonstone. Check Alaska Air. They are still doing nonstop only. Yeah, um, I did check Alaska Air. And they're not, uh, they won't bring cargo into billings unfortunately. Um, at least, I mean, that was fairly recently. It has been five days or so since I checked. So maybe I do need to check again. In fact, check Alaska Air. Can't hurt. I'll do that again. Every time I call, I going not hold for an hour, but it's worth it. The Fish Tank Barn, $4.99. Leave the links to candy. (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes. If you just Google um, the fish vet. In In fact, let me do that real quick just to their website. Oh, I'm not sure. No, I'll leave it to candy. Yeah, I'll do that. That sounds smart. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Um, Psychedelic Hippocampus. It's been a day, guys. It has. I'm tired. I I didn't get enough to eat. And um, yeah, it's been a day. Psychedelic Hippocampus. I like your shirt. Yes. I can imagine that someone with the username psychedelic Hippocampus would like this shirt. I like it too. Thanks very much. Moonstone. I need to get a puppy to O'Hare and no go even from Seattle. Wow. Wow. Seattle to Tacoma, I imagine. Jeez. Gary's Aquatics. Hey, buddy. How's it going tonight? Glad to be here today. Tonight, hey, everybody. Hey, Gary's Aquatic. Glad you're here. Thanks for putting up with my misreadings. Uh, My mind's working fairly slow today. It's been a stressful day. But glad you're here. Dancely, hey, yeah. All right, I think we got the highs out of the way. Mikey, Mickey, Mickey M. They might think it is fresh food, keeping it cold. Oh, no, they're, yeah, no, no. These guys ship tropical live tropical aquarium fish for a living this isn't a new thing to them so the company that is the trans shipper um, they put the cold packs in and they've been doing this for years so I'm not sure what they were thinking Michael Wentworth actually I do get that a lot though when I drop the fish off um, for shipping everyone's like what kind of fish are these I'm like Oh, lots of kinds. So they're like, so like trout, salmon, like they think it's frozen fish. (laughs) I mean, no aquarium fish. Michael Wentworth, evening, major disappointment on the mellis. I know would absolutely love to get some. I, I was really disappointed too. I've been trying for, I think months is safe to say to get those. And, uh, they assured me they were mellis. They are not. So I'm going to contact them and see if it was a mistake if they were just out of Mellus, so they threw me signifers as a substitute. I mean, these places do that a lot. Or if they if they actually have mellis or not. But yeah, I was very disappointed too. I was so happy when I got the uh, invoice and it said mellis on it, and then I opened the box. I was like, ooh, signifer. Lumpy Dog, I do not know how you and other fish sellers can tolerate the poor level of service from import orders that is commonplace. I would go nuts. Well, I did today a little bit, Lumpy Dog. I. Uh, I was a little angry, and it—it's just because it's needless. Like, I'm in this because I like fish. I work really hard to make it so that uh, the fisher do well, <clears throat> don't have a bad experience. Um, and then for for no good reason to put the fish through that stress of uh that that just unnecessary temperature. Yeah. It really, really bothered me. Yeah, <laughs> I might have not been, yeah, very diplomatic with, with my supplier. Lefty3213A, dang it. I said, no more betas, my bank account. <laughs> hey, Lefty. Yeah. Yeah. Females, mostly females. Um, I did order some royal blue females and they sent me males. So I did get some males. Luckily, I have enough tanks that I was able to disperse them. But it's never good when you think you're getting females and you get males. It's like, what if I didn't have the tank space? That'd be a problem. But yeah, there's some really nice ones. And, you know, I'm waiting for them to. A lot of them are already colored, but I'm waiting to see in a few days what they really look like when they warm up and color up and get over it. I'm so sorry to hear it. Not the usual. Yeah, it it wasn't the usual shipment for sure. It's It was exceptionally bad, and it rarely is like this, but it was just needless. That, that bothers me. Jeff Chambers, do you get credit back for what dies in transit? Kind of, Jeff. Um, that's a constant thing about this industry is that what I find is typically I get about half of what I claim. So if I claim $300 worth, hate to reduce fish to the dollar signs, but the economics, if I claim $300 worth, i will probably get about $150 in credit. And I have no idea where why it goes down like that. The other thing is they don't refund shipping or the surcharges and all the other costs, the handling fees and everything else. So I do get some money back for the fish that are lost, but only for the fish that actually arrive dead. The issue with that is a lot of times, as you guys know, if you bought fish online from places that are not reputable and you get a bag in, well, even sometimes from places that are reputable, let's be honest. But if you get fish in and they've been through a ton of stress, sometimes they're still alive, but within the next week, they're going to gradually die off. So, um, So you do get some back, but it's not nearly, it's never nearly what the actual loss is um, when you get to the economics of it. And I, (laughs) yeah, I'm not quite sure how they calculate that. I can't get a clear answer. It's just at this point. I, I make my claim, and if I get anything back, honestly, I just consider it a bonus. I'm just like, hey, got something back. That's kind of how how it works. 44, Mag guys, sorry to hear. Yeah, it was a bummer. Didn't mean to open with a bummer, but um, I've always been real with you guys, and so that's what happened. Chevy Fish, I've been looking for those platys. When will they be ready? Um, which ones? Um, if everything goes well... All the fish that came today will be offered for sale two weeks from today so well 14 days so that'll be tuesday two weeks from now is usually when they would be listed and it depends um if they recover more slowly because of the extra stress that this shipment experienced then it could take a little longer it could be three weeks four weeks but i kind of let the fish decide um when the fish are thriving and eating well and they're is absolutely no sign that anything's wrong, and there hasn't been any signs that anything's been wrong for a while, then a list for sale. Usually that's two weeks. Sometimes it's longer. So it's kind of up to the fish, Chevy fish. Alrighty. Candy overhauls, Lincoln, the aquarium vet. Thanks, Candy. I should have just let you do it. <laughs> yeah, oh, you beat me anyway. Jeez. You beat me and you did the right links. Yeah. You're right, Mike. Fish Tank Barn is right. Let candy handle the links. <laughs> Mr. Guppy, thanks again for letting me know about the mess up with my personal hard drive. Ugh. I'm a little scary. Scrolling, looking. Here we are. Oh. I'm in top chat. I've got to fix that. Sorry, folks. I'm fixing that. I hate top chat. Okay, Michael Wentworth. On treating no fish, you get one med and one med only to have on hand. Um, what would I choose? If I could only have one medicine ever... It would be a parasite medicine. I'm trying to decide between um, a formalin-based ick medicine, like Quick Cure, x, that kind of thing, or General Cure, Metro-Prosy-Mix. Because um, I'm cheating. If I use General Cure, I get two medicines, right? <laughs> Metro and Prosy. Um, it's between those I guess if I could choose one, it would probably be an ick medicine, a formalin-based IC medicine, say quick cure, um, ick something like that. And the reason is, is because that's maybe the most commonly seen. Well, it's external, so it's easy to see anyway. And fish, when they go through the stress of shipping, they get that quite commonly. So I guess I would choose that one. Although if you give me two, it would be that plus general cure something for external parasites and internal parasites but it's it's almost a toss-up though between an x type thing and a uh, internal parasite thing like general cure i could go either way honestly IC, when they get it um I, I guess i could just jack the temperature up to kill the ick. so yeah so i would go general cure because i don't know how to uh how to treat internal parasites anyway, but with medicine. So I'm changing it. It would be general cure. Fishy fun 57 can people from other countries buy tickets for the conference? Sorry to hear about your shipment. I hate it when I receive orders like yours. Cool t-shirt. Hey, thanks. Boom. Um, yeah, this is a, a show that we produced at the local college here when I used to teach there. Um, yeah, I think anyone can attend. As far as I know, anyone could attend. Now, I don't run the event, but I think is basically, okay, so you register and they send you a link. And that link, you click that link, that gets you into the event. So you should be able to do it from anywhere. I, I don't run the event, but I can't imagine that it wouldn't work from anywhere. Um, yeah. What's that? Is that Salem Aquarium? Hey, Salem Aquarium, thanks so much for the $5 super chat. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. Hey, yo, what's your personal pick for a small algae eater for a tank with nanofish like Tiger Battis? Autos? Anything besides Hillstream? Because of temp. Um, autos are good, but they kind of only do diatom algae. So, I. And. Siamese algae eaters would be too big so they're out and you have little nano fish in there so you don't want anything too aggressive so flagfish are probably out. If I can go with a mono shrimp instead of with a fish that's what I would say. Um, I'd go with a mono shrimp instead of with a fish at that point. Yeah, I can't think of a small little fish that's good at eating all kinds of algae. So, autos would be good if diatom algae is your only issue, but you're probably going to get hair algae and beard algae and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. Let's see here. Missed this one. Um, it didn't highlight, but I see it, Patrick. Patrick Polson. Dan, please give me two names on the top fish. Um, you think it would be nice for a 250 liter, 66 gallon. I'm gonna try some new top fish. Thanks in advance. Took a look at the uh, the platinum half beaks um, or the albino half beaks. Yeah. So the issue with half beaks, they're amazing, but in a larger tank like that, they don't get big and they stay thin. So in a larger tank like that, where you might be getting bigger fish in it, the half beaks are gonna prevent you from getting anything with any size mouth at all. So. I don't think I'd go with half beaks. I think I would go with uh, a fish species, like an Epiplades or an Applichylus type species. Those stay at the top. Um, you could also do hatchet fish. And those are like the ones I'm thinking of that are usually true top, top fish. As long as there's cover and things up there. If there isn't, if the only cover is at the bottom or in the middle of the tank, that's where they're gonna be. But if you have floating cover, hatchets, uh, Epiplates and Aplikylis species will generally be pegged right up at the top there. Um, A lot of the pseudomugils kind of tend to be in the upper half, upper third maybe of the water column. They're not true top fish, but they kind of hang up a little higher. So maybe pseudomugil signifer, the Pacific blue eye, um, is an option if you don't need them to be Right on the surface all the time, but just generally in the top area, um, those like it up top. Um, yeah, that's what that's what pops in off the top of my head. Hope that helps, Sean, Mister Shelley. O O T D. As usual, how's the epistle fry? They're doing good. They're growing. Um, now the epistle fry, I'm not keeping. I'm not like power feeding or power growing them, so I'm not keeping them really hot. They're actually in a tank that's in the probably about 73, 74 degrees right now. So, you know, if you want to power grow them quickly, you keep them up in the 80s. But I'm not not trying to do that. Um, So they're not kept at a really high temperature. So their metabolism is a little lower. So they are eating a couple times a day. And they are definitely growing. And they're doing great. But uh, they aren't big yet. Like if I had them... uh, warm and was power feeding them they would be price you know an inch by now maybe sexable but they're not that big because they're they're kind of in slow mode but they're doing well doing really well just one more fish with josh i have too much vallisneria area want to give some away for me dan yes i would love to let's throw that on uh i imagine you're talking about tonight josh so uh, if you could confirm below if you are then we'll do two giveaways we'll give away the pass for the Aquarium um, Veterinarian Conference and uh, some Vallisneria. And thanks. It's so nice when people do that and just jump in and say, hey, I got some stuff too. I I really appreciate that. Lefty, will the female bettas be getting their own video like the last batch of males did? Kind of. I had 18 tanks um, that I could kind of sprinkle them in, and then the rest went into a big 75-gallon sorority. So... Some of them are and will be numbered, and then some are in a sorority. So I took the, uh, they called them Show Galaxy Koi Females, is what they were sold to me as. I put those out in their own tanks so I can do the individual video. And I put some of the um, uh, Black Dragons out there, just because they they looked so stunning. (laughs) So I put some of those out there. So those I will be doing. The others are just in a big group tank. So, um, yep, I'll show you both. show you both. It'll be a couple weeks, though, um, because I don't want to do that until they're actually ready to to sell. Otherwise, if I did that today, I get a ton of emails. Can you hold this one for me? Can you hold this one for me? I'm just not prepared to do that. So I'll do it when they're ready to go. Those are very nice ornamental discus. I prefer wild myself. Yeah, I generally prefer wild on almost every fish, but um, I didn't really have 350 bucks to spend on wild, so... <laughs> I got some captive-raised ones. <laughs> Moonstone. Scent Dragon Layer sourdough dough. dough. Wait. Moonstone, a dance fish. Scent Dragon Layer 13 Sourdough Bread in your fish box today oh so i sent moonstone some fish and she sent dragon sourdough bread starter in the box that i sent her got it got it (laughs) took me a while i was like sourdough and fish what all right moonstone i got it uh looks like i'm jumping into the red i'm going to turn my mic down just a little more sorry about that guys um don't like it popping up into the red though i'll start crackling if i need to change it more just let me know but i think we're good I'll see it in about half an hour if you tell me. <laughs> All right. 44 Matt guy. What do you think is the biggest misconception about treating fish? Oh, where to start? There's a million misconceptions. The first is that, that we even know what's going on, that we can look at a picture of a fish and, and diagnose it somehow when a veterinarian has to see the fish in person and probably run some lab tests to actually know what's happening. So, so that's one of the biggest ones is, A, that, <laughs> that we can just simply diagnose a fish just by looking at a picture, by looking at a fish. That we're somehow better than veterinarians who can't do that. They need to actually test to figure out what the organism is, right? They might have to do a slide, they might have to do a skin scrape or a gill clip or something to really narr- dig in, either test it or get in the lab to, to diagnose it. So that's that's one that drives me nuts. Um, What's wrong with my fish? And it's like, well, how, 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 how could we possibly know that? Um, the I guess another one is that treating with any medicine is better than treating with no medicine. What I mean, treating with the wrong medicine is better than treating with no medicine. What I mean by that is I'll often see um, folks that something's wrong with their fish, Um, it's obviously not ick, it's maybe uh, a bacterial infection is what it might look like. Say red streaking in their sides or dropsy or something like that. It's obviously an internal issue, right? and um, people often post and say, and by the way, I'm not denigrating people. I get why we're doing it. We're doing it because there's not good options. Um, There's not uh, aquatic veterinarians accessible usually. There's not, you have to really take, be dedicated and dig in and read a lot of literature um, on fish disease and, and things before you even have the inkling of where to start, which is where I'm at. I just have an inkling. I'm not an expert on that by any means. Um, but even to just get to that point takes a lot of research and stuff. So where I'm going with that is I, I don't want to insult people that do this because they're doing it because they're desperate and they, they want help so badly, right? And they want to help their fish so badly. So I get the impulse. But you get a picture of a fish that obviously has some kind of major internal issue. And they'll say, what's wrong with my fish? I'm treating with like X or something like that. Or um or something right and so the idea that we just start treating even before we know what the issue is bothers me because every medicine we use stresses the fish it's metabolized somehow usually in the liver or the kidneys so you're putting stress on the liver or the kidneys at the very least um, when the fish is already struggling and if you chose the wrong medicine then you're just putting pressure on that fish that is doing even more damage and no benefit, if that makes sense. So there, there's a million things. It's 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 the uh, is it the most? Yeah, I, I guess I I think it's probably the area of the hobby that we are the most um, inept at because we're hobbyists. We're not veterinarians, right? So. There's so much about that 44 mad guy. Michael Wentworth, since you have an abundance of Signifer now, <laughs> if there's any chance they might be, Melis, I'll send you my address and take the time to find out. Um, I have room and don't have Signifer right now. All right, well, I've got many. I already had a couple hundred of them, so <laughs> now I've got more. So, um, but once they color up, I'll, I'll probably post a picture or video just to be sure, but I think they're Signifer, unfortunately. Dragon layer. If you get a solid black female, I need her. So they're, they're, okay. So they're still settling in, but what they looked like in the bag was black, but with like uh, a silver or really light blue spangling scales up on on the sides and back of the fish. So they're black contrasted with this really neat kind of spangling iridescence. So they aren't pure black. Oh wait, jumped on me. Crystal, I was going to read your comment. I just saw Crystal's comment, was getting ready to read it, and chat jumped on me. So hang on, let me find you. Sorry guys, I am dragging a bit today. Um, There we go. Crystal's Pets and plants. Hey, hey, oh, well, hey, Crystal, good to see you. Thanks for being here, glad you made it. Emmanuel, hey, do you carry alien betas? I don't, um, I don't carry the hybrids and it's not because I'm against them, the aliens or the, what's the other one that they have? I think it's a Smartadena and Mahakai mix is what the alien is, if I remember right. It's just I can't find them at a price point that justifies purchasing them, honestly. They're super expensive for me to buy. So for what other folks are selling them for, I look at that and I'm like, I cannot, I can't sell them at even close to that price. So I don't bring them in. If I ever found a batch at a price that made sense um, from a supplier I trusted, I would do it, but I can't find them at a good price point. They're currently going for, I want to say between 40 and 60 bucks a pair, and I'd have to sell them for significantly more than that so I don't do it. Brandon Lee, would geophagus tapajos be okay with salt and pepper coris? Um, Well yes and no. If the quarries were full grown, actually even if they weren't full grown, geophagus don't really bother smaller fish as far as biting and things. They're not going to swallow it and have an issue with it getting stuck in their throat and suffocating them or something like that. Uh, geophagus, their mouth structure is such that they're good at sifting sand but they're not good at eating it you know, bulky stuff like fish. However, what I would say about it is that they both have the same niche. So there might be an issue there. The quarries are gonna be on the bottom sifting the sand, the geophagus are gonna be on the bottom sifting the sand. And it might just be too much in that that specific niche of your aquarium. So um, if you do try it, I would get pepper quarries that are fairly good size and geophagus that are fairly small, just so they could grow up together. And I'd have a plan B, because it could get awful crowded down there. That sand is going to be well sifted, for sure. Darlene, Howard, I'm setting up a 65-gallon. Congrats, that's an awesome-sized aquarium. Do I need to put that white plastic grate on the bottom? I think it's called egg crate. If so, why? Well, I wouldn't, um, but it depends on what you're trying to do. If A lot of times egg crate is used structurally if you're trying to build certain things, to have like a raised uh, plant bed or something like that. I'm not a planted tank guy, so I, I've never needed to use it for that. What I think you're referring to possibly is an, an under gravel filter. It's kind of like an a crate, but has really thin slits in it so that water can get through it, but gravel can't. If you have one of those and you want to have an under gravel filter in the tank, go ahead, do that with, uh, I don't know, three inches of gravel on top or so. And the, to maintain that, you just take a gravel vacuum and vacuum all the detritus and dirt and stuff out of that whenever you do your water changes, and that can work well. But um, it's not the kind of filter I typically use, but they work fine if you're willing to do the gravel vacuuming. Rockford Fishkeeping at Salem Aquarium. I'm with Dan's Fish. Go with the shrimp. Works great in my clown killie tank. Cool. For an algae eater? Yeah. I just can't think of a small nanofish that's a great algae eater that is also safe with other small nano fish. Jeff Chambers, Supreme African Cichlids K91. What sizzling, brah? Make sure you add at Dan's fish. Okay, cool. Yep, thanks, Jeff. That's right. That's, there, it worked. Dan's fish, what fish do you keep? Oh, man. <laughs> um, lots. Uh, let me, so... The easiest way to answer this would be to take you to my store. Um, anything that I've had for a while that is healthy and can is gonna do well with shipping, um, I have in my store. So if you go here, dancefish.com will take you here. Um, and there's, I think, 50-something fish listed here right now. So I keep all of those. You can scroll through, there's a few pages of it. It's, it's hosted here. At getgills.com, which is a website where anyone can create a store. So if you want to sell fish online, you can create your own store here on Getgills and uh, sell your own stuff. So, um, so this is my store, Dancefish, on Getgills. So I have those plus I've got uh, the twenty some odd species that arrived today. So right now there's seventy some odd species um, that I'm keeping, but. Like, as a hobbyist, my favorite thing is killifish. I'm a killifish nut. I really like killifish. I don't have a lot of them right now, but that's my favorite group of fish ever. Just one more fish with Josh. Let's give away two packs. I have a lot. We'll also add in water sprite starter for each. Okay, cool. So when we do the drawing, um, we'll give away a couple packs of Val Cineria, Val and water sprite. Let me just put a note here. Because my mind's fried, I don't trust myself to remember. Two packs. Okay, thanks Josh, I think that's awesome. It's always, as to the fun. Okay, Rockford Fishkeeping, what pH are you keeping the discus at? Just my normal tap water. I haven't tested the pH uh, in forever, so I don't know. But my guess is it's probably around, this time of year around 7.4, something like that. The trick with discus is, don't worry about pH so much. Uh, my advice would be don't don't chase parameters with discus, but keep them hot. 86 degrees is great. And keep that water clean. Now, I'm not saying that you have to do what the discus divas do and change 100% of the water three times a day or anything like that. But I am saying they don't do well with nitrites and nitrates. And they don't even like... Uh, well ammonia or nitrites and they don't even like nitrates very much. So you got to keep that water really clean. So I would definitely put them in a tank that's well established, has been going for a long time, has no issues, keep them really hot. Unfortunately that means there's lots of plants you can't keep with them. Most plants don't like it up at 86 degrees but there are plants you can if you want to and you got to keep it clean. Um, My tanks get about Down here, about 30% water change, about a third, 33% water change every day automatically. So um, the thing about discus is high temps, clean water, and when they're little, you have to feed them a ton. They're growing really quickly, and if you don't feed them a ton, then they'll get emaciated and they'll get stunted. They'll look like a football instead of a dinner plate. And um, so at the little two inch stage or whatever which is about what i have right now i pretty much keep food in front of them all the time so you got to figure out how to do that while keeping their water clean as long as you can do that then they'll be great Um, in my experience discus are actually rather hardy fish as long as they're kept warm and the water's clean and if especially if they're little They have enough food i mean big discus want food too but when they're growing they need a lot of food so that's what i worry about i don't worry about ph um i wouldn't worry about hardness or any of that unless you're trying to breed them then what i would do is just let them go in your normal water if i would let them try a few times if there's no success if the eggs just don't work they don't get fertilized or they fungus really quickly or something Usually it's a fertility issue. Then um, I would soften it down. I would cut it in with some RO or something like that. But I would try my normal tap water first. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, then I'd soften it a bit. But I would worry about softening the water just for breeding, not for keeping, but for breeding. I'd worry about softening the water. I wouldn't worry about lowering pH. I think it's more of a hardness issue. So that's my thoughts, Rockford, about um, discus and pH. don't worry about it. T shot. I'm very interested in one of your true Siamese algae eaters. Cool. I have a 20 gallon long planted with three panda and three green and four green quarries and a very chill dwarf gourami. Could this work? Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be just fine. Siamese algae eater would do fine in a 20 long. It's gonna get around four inches full full grown, but they don't have like big mouths. They don't. It, it would have to be a very small fish for them to eat it. Or, Now, they are an active fish, and they kind of get in other fish's faces and stuff sometimes, and that can stress some fish out. But I think with what you have there, some quarries and uh, a dwarf gourami, I think you'd be just fine. I would do it. I would do it, and I wouldn't worry about it. There's sometimes when I'm like, oh, you could try that, but have a plan B handy. I I don't feel like you're going to have an issue, especially if you get a smaller Siamese algae eater and let it grow up gradually, and everyone knows each other. It should be fine. 44 mag guy. Cool, thanks. Since I've gotten to fish keeping, um, I've not had much in the way of sick fish. Awesome. So I don't know much about the medication except from what people recommend. Yeah, it's it's the black hole of this, not just this hobby, but even the industry. And you hear misinformation quoted like gospel over and over and over again. Um, The best thing I would say for anyone that's interested is, uh, well, this conference is a great chance to learn more. The Aquarium Veterinarian Conference next week is awesome, Um, but also there are good resources online. You just have to look for real resources instead of uh, lore. So like the Merrick manual, let me just show you this. Uh, Let's see if I can find it real quick. Um hang on, let me look one more place. If I can't find it in a couple seconds, then I'll not worry about it. I've got it somewhere, but um I don't have it with me right now, so I'm not gonna find it. But there's an actual manual, I think it's called the Merrick Manual, that veterinarians use when they're like trying to find the right medicine and the right dosage for specific diseases. And there's other References like that. So there is information out there and a lot of it is free and a lot of it's online but um, You have to actually dig in and research and Enough to the point where you actually get comfortable with the terminology and kind of understand how things work and that can take a while Um, but if you're willing to do that then then you won't um then you'll recognize, usually, you'll recognize when information is just false. Like if you're on a Facebook group or whatever, and people are talking about sick fish, oftentimes that's just misinformation, but you won't know that until you get at least a a basic grounding um, in actual science and primary resources, I guess, primary sources. Anyway, um, Rockford Fishkeeping, what fish do you keep? How long do you have? right exactly what fish do you keep yeah you got a minute it's gonna take a few drinks to get through this list <laughs> right um but um 44 mad guy I'm glad you haven't had sick fish to deal with much that's awesome I, I hope you never do however if you're in this hobby long enough there will come a day it's just statistics <laughs> when something happens um and it's good to know before that happens what's going on. Brian, can you keep Ivan Stoffi with Celebes rainbows or will they crossbreed? Yes, you can. Um, they're a completely different genus. In fact, um, Celebes rainbows are not really rainbow fish. Well, neither are Ivan Stoffi. They're blue eyes. So Cele- Let's just put it this way. Celebes rainbows look very similar to blue eyes, but they're actually quite distantly related. You're not going to have any uh, viable cross from that. Um, I can say with pretty much full confidence without, I've never tested it, you know, but um, that's not gonna be a problem. Rockford Fishkeeping, about discus, just making sure you are not trying to keep it lower as my pH is on the high side. Although fine for discus, I've bred them in the past, even cycled a tank with discus once. <laughs> me too, but not by choice. <laughs> yeah, it's risky, I, I had that happen to me once. It was not something I was trying to do though. <laughs> Chewy! Uh, what ornamental strains of discus that have been bred in Florida water for several generations, they become adapted unlike wild discus, kind of chewy. Um, even the Florida guys are using RO though. I, I don't know of anyone that's breeding discus in hard water, um, with any kind of regularity or any kind of, um, repeatable results. So even the Florida folks, as far as I know, are all using RODI water to start, uh, mixed in quite a bit to soften the water. Sharon Miller. I am jinx. First, no internet, now no electricity. Thank goodness for my phone. Man, Sharon, (laughs) that's, (laughs) you're going to get to the top of that mountain. Don't worry. Just keep on going, (laughs) man. I feel like chat must've jumped on me. Hang on. Let me look here. I want to make sure I didn't miss a whole section. I have a feeling I did. let just take me a second. Okay, no, I think we're okay. Okay, we're all right. So just a moment. Let me get to this one. Oh, I missed it. T-Shot, thanks for the super chat. Sorry I missed it. T-Shot with a $2 super chat. Thanks for answering my question, much appreciated. Hey, you're always welcome. Thanks for the super chat, always appreciated, never required, but it does make the wife super happy. Okay, so for those that missed the beginning, um, what we're giving away today is a pass to the Aquarium Veterinarian Conference. It's an online conference, so there's no travel. You don't have to you know, go get on an airplane or drive anywhere, go to a hotel. It's just right on your computer. It's going to be Monday through Thursday of next week from 6.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. If you can't be there during the live conference, then... You will be able to watch a recording of it, so you can still get most of the information. The advantage to attending it live is you can ask questions. Um, From what I understand, there'll be a chat function just like there is here, and you can chat out your question um, if there's something specific you want to know based on the presentation. So that's the advantage of being there live. But if you can't be there live, it's probably still worth uh, registering for. It's about 40 bucks US dollars to register for, 62 Australian. it's the the organization that's um, created the event is an Australian organization. That's why I say that. So when you go to pay, it'll say like 62 bucks, but it'll be uh, Australian dollars, which is about 40 bucks US dollars, just so you know. Um, and it's a great opportunity to listen to presentations from actual aquatic vets, including Dr. Tim Miller Morgan and many others with many areas of special us. Uh, Special, why can't I say this word? I am tired. Specialization. Thank you very much. And um, and I think it's an awesome thing. For forty bucks, you get what is that? Sixteen hours of information from aquatic veterinarians about fish health, um, fish nutrition, and fish disease, which I think is fantastic. So that's what a lot of this live stream has been about. I go into a lot of detail earlier in the stream. But that's what we're giving away to enter if you'd like a chance to win a pass to that conference um, hashtag fish vet is how you enter and if you don't win for only 40 bucks you could still attend just go to the fish vet um, you can google it or i'm sure Candy candy's posted some links um, some proper links i tried i failed and um <laughs> you can register there yourself and attend but it's it's not often we get a chance like this, so that's kind of what I've been focusing on a lot of the stream. Just wanted to catch everyone up who hasn't been here and didn't know about that. And please do tell your friends about it. Um, let them know about the Fish Veterinarian, uh, the Aquatic, what is it, the Aquarium, or Aquatic, the Aquarium Veterinarian Conference, and... Um, if they're a fish geek, just let them know about it. I, I don't think many people know about it yet. I only found out about it because um, some folks in the industry were sending it out to industry people, but I don't think folks have shared it out much to hobbyists. But hobbyists are invited, so this is a good chance for us. Anyway, that's kind of what what's going on with the giveaway. And even if you, yeah, if you don't win, it's still worth it, I think. I'm registered, I'll be there. Also, there won't be a live stream next week. Next Wednesday, I won't be live streaming because I'll be attending the conference instead. Ginger Graves, your puffer is doing okay. Currently, he's on a hunger strike. Ooh, I'm trying to feed him frozen food, not live. Ah, that's probably why. That's probably why. I bet you'll win that hunger strike, though. I know Bob did. In fact, Bob didn't even have to put him on a hunger strike, I don't think. Bob just kind of dropped some food in, and he went for it. So, <laughs> um yeah, hope he comes around, Ginger. Um, if all else fails, I bet he would. I bet he would uh, take care of any spare guppies or anything you have. Have you got him to eat frozen at all, or like, what does he do? Does he just watch it and go like, nah? <laughs> Michael Wentworth, I know you have a fancy heat exchanger. What humidity do you keep your fish room at, and is there a particular reason for doing so? Let me see. So today, it's been rainy outside, so it's a little more humid than usual. Let me clean this off, it's a little dusty. So right now, it's 79 degrees. Humidity is 49%. Um, That's actually higher than I usually keep it at. So the high today was 79 degrees down here. The low was 77, where this is. Uh, The bottom aquariums are a little lower than that. The top aquariums are a little higher temperature than that. But right now it's about 46 degrees. Oh, look at that. It jumped to 52 because I blew on it, a humid breath. But anyway, it's a little high though because it's raining outside. It's been raining for a few days and so the air exchanger is bringing in some of that humid air. Um, so it's higher. It's usually around, somewhere around in the 30s actually. Um, 27. In the winter, it gets real low, it gets to the low 20s. And I don't like that because it actually dries my sinuses out. It's kind of uncomfortable to breathe air that that is that dry. So I actually like it about, I would say, uh, low 40s is a good humidity, but I don't monitor it. I don't do anything to control the humidity. I just have the HRV, the air exchanger that does heat recovery. And it brings in enough fresh air from outside that... uh, it keeps it from being humid down here to the point that there's any problem. Um, when it's dry outside, it's pretty dry down here. When it's rainy outside, it's more humid down here, but it usually doesn't get above say 50% humidity, even when it's uh, rainy outside. So, yep, it does fluctuate, but it never gets, uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't feel like a fish room. It doesn't feel stuffy. And it doesn't have that uh, kind of cloying air quality. There's no water dripping or anything, no no mist on the tanks, nothing like that. So, so I haven't worried about it because none of that's happening. But I would recommend anyone building a fish room get yourself an HRV. It's a heat retention ventilator. It brings fresh water in, fresh water, fresh air in from the outside, puts it through a coil, where the outgoing hot air from your fish room it doesn't quite mix with it, but the heat from the outgoing air mixes with the incoming air and heats the incoming air with the heat from the outgoing air. So you don't end up losing a ton of heat. You don't uh, end up having cold air just blowing into your fish room if it's cold outside. If you live in a humid area, they make a ventilator like that, but that also reduces humidity. So that would be the kind to look into if you live in a humid area. But here in Wyoming, it's pretty dry most of the time. So, but that makes all the world of difference. It's uh, it's even better than a dehumidifier. Dehumidifiers are fine, but the air can still get stagnant and stale because um, it's not exchanged. Fresh air isn't coming in. It's just the air that is in is, is being dried. So I like the HRV heat retention ventilator, much more than just a dehumidifier, and it doesn't create lots of heat. You can also get, like in the heat of summer, running a dehumidifier can overheat your fish room sometimes. So, and it's also very energy efficient, it's just a couple fans that operate an HRV. Um, It's not like a dehumidifier, which is basically like running a refrigerator, which takes a lot of electricity, so, or an air conditioner in reverse. Gary Duncan, what do you think about using cedar wood as driftwood? Everywhere I look, it's mixed feelings on it. Some say no problem. Others say will kill your fish. I think that most uh, evergreen woods I would be cautious of, pine, um, spruce, cedar, things like that. It doesn't mean you can't use it, but if you were to use it, I would make sure it was a really old weather beaten piece of wood that's been outside for like a decade and is all dry and gnarled and there's no sap left. I think that's what I would be concerned about. So I don't use it though. Um, Those woods are very soft woods. So even if it doesn't hurt your fish, say you get an old gnarled piece that has no sap left in it. It's just, it's just wood. There's nothing else going on there. And you put it in your tank it might not hurt anything, and it'll probably be fine. But it is going to decompose and break down a lot quicker than a nice hardwood like uh, like applewood or manzanita or something like that. So, that's my thoughts on it. I've never tried cedarwood, but I would be comfortable using I would be comfortable using cedarwood if it was truly dry, like some of those old weather beaten pieces you see when you go hiking in the mountains. I don't think that would be a problem. Kelly's Aquatics, has anyone spoke for your time next Wednesday? No, I not that I know of. So um, feel free, anybody, uh, to go ahead and take next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain, because 9 p.m. Eastern, because I will be attending the um, uh, Aquarium Veterinarian Conference. Michael Wentworth, 79 degrees is and anything over 20%, and I'm changing shirts regularly. Surprised you aren't purling up. Yeah, it might be something about the fresh air. Um if it was, if it was stagnant air maybe i would be but 79 degrees and 20% i don't know michael maybe you're just a sweaty dude <laughs> i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah it doesn't bother me all right michael again basic question do you run an airstone inside your sponge filters the sound from the larger bubbles without a stone inside drives me bonkers. I don't. Um, I do on my mountain filters that have the PVC stand that goes up and across, those I do put an air stone in, but I don't have air stones in um, the rest of the fish room. It's just plugged right into the heat, into the filter. So I know what you mean. It's a little noisier, but it's not bad though down here I wonder if it's something about the spray foam insulation or whatever um, it's not that super loud bubble sound that, that you can get in some, some facilities luckily that doesn't happen down here it's not, it's not silent by any means but it's not that loud but I know that sound you're talking about Ginger Graves he ate blood worms once refused them the next time ate krill once spit out frozen shrimp <laughs> bugger man yeah yeah if you get desperate I know I know he'll eat uh, anything that moves Uh, maybe some feeders um, or some shrimp or crayfish anything like that I'm sure he would take down really easily but you'll win you'll win just just keep at it (laughs) he'll get converted (laughs) Your horseface loaches are doing well. They're in a tank with Corydoras and they're out all the time. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, the ones I still have left are doing great too. And as far as I know, everyone that's got them has had good luck with them. So horse face loach, one of my favorite loaches. If you guys are looking for really active, unique fish um, that will keep your sand clean, those horse face loaches are the ticket. They are pretty spectacular at that. They aren't brightly colored, But their behavior and they sift the sand constantly and then they dive in the sand and hang out under the sand with their little noses poking up. And then when they're done with that, they come back out and they cruise around. And I haven't found them to be particularly shy either. So, yeah. Fish dreams. I get Dan's fish on Tuesday. (laughs) Not quite sure what that means, but... uh... (laughs) <laughs> guitar doc the biggest myth about fish care is that there is only one way to care for them and medicate fish some have to change water weekly someone else may only do it once a month with same results yeah absolutely yeah anyone that gets fundamentalist about any particular area of fish keeping um that can be bothersome there's more than one way to do it for sure lots of people have success lots of different ways that's why I don't like the fish police, right? Because um, <laughs> it's just this gut reaction. If they see anything different than what they know or what they consider to be a fish gospel, I guess, uh, they, they decide that it's their duty to set you straight. And it's kind of like, well, no, this works for me. Yeah, I hear you. Jabom, quick question for you. What's inside your favorite car? Or what's your favorite car? Why did I see what's inside? Wow. I need some sleep. Jabum, what's your favorite car? Um, I don't know. I'm not a car guy. Anything that runs and I don't have to jump in the morning. How's that? If I could get any car, it would probably be some kind of Tesla. Just because I like the idea of silence, instant torque, and uh, no emissions. Yeah, Rockford fish keeping. Do you have an idea on price for the discus yet? Um, I oh, I hate to say it. Um, the price in the back of my mind for those ones in the video. You know what? I can't say. It. I got to wait till they're actually listed, Rockford. Um, I'll be breaking my own rule. But yes, I have a price in mind. <laughs> I, I hate seeing what the price is though, because. Um, Sometimes it ends up being less, or sometimes it ends up being a little more. I've got to actually crunch some data before I really price them. But um, I'm thinking $30 each on those ones is what I'm thinking. Um, could change, though, so I almost hate to say it. Hm. <laughs> Tiffany Medema, favorite car, whatever it takes me to get fish. Yes. Yes. <laughs> absolutely tom patterson thoughts on garlic well it can make the fish room smell awful awful bad um, so i don't know of anyone has done significant testing with garlic to know if it actually treats anything thing. often you'll see garlic sold as like an anti-parasite Ingredient in, medicine, in in foods and things like you'll get anti-parasite fish foods and they put garlic in there. Um, I don't know if it does that or not, but what it does do is just like stinging nettle is it's an appetite stimulant. So it they like the flavor. So things with garlic in it will help get fish to eat a food and um, stimulate their appetite. So that's something that's positive. So often. Like right now I have a medicated food that I feed. It has, um, what's this one have? It's got levamisole and praziquantel. It also has garlic and Epsom salt. Now I got it because it has prazi and levamisole in it, which are two good medicines for internal parasites. Um, I wasn't, I didn't care about the garlic or the Epsom salt, but one thing the garlic could do is help mask the, the flavor of those medicines so it's more palatable to the fish so that could be a plus but I don't I didn't get it because I thought the garlic would actually treat anything and then the epsom salt they put in because um it's a it's a laxative so if fish is having digestive issues it could help so that's what I think garlic's good for but yeah I haven't done any real big testing I don't know of any tests that say garlic actually treats anything specific. Rockford keeping it's all good. I'm buying some anyways. <laughs> awesome, thanks. Marie Z, Father Fish recommends garlic. That's great. And if Father Fish can show me a primary source that is um, a study done by a lab that says that it actually does something specific, then I'll know that it actually does. Um, but, or if he just has used it for a long time and likes using it, that's fine too. Um, yeah. I guess I, I just think that lots of times um, we don't actually, we hear something or someone tells us, I use this. And over time it gets changed to, this thing treats something, then over time it gets changed to other things. And I, I always want to see the primary research. I always want to know, okay, do we know that for sure? Do we know under the circumstances in which it worked and things like that? But Father Fish is a great guy. I mean, I'm not, this is not, nothing against him. I like Father Fish a ton. But um, I'm just saying lots of times we hear things and until I see the research behind it, It's not that I don't believe it or that I wouldn't use it. It's just that I don't know, I guess. Um, Fish dreams. I've soaked food in garlic when I had my reef tank. Yeah. Yeah. And again, there's definitely benefits to it. It is an appetite stimulant and um, it does mask medicines and food and flavors and things. They like it. So, yeah. Michael Wentworth, with any good news from Nigeria? Wishful thinking, I know. Um, The good news is Nigeria is partially open. Banks are open. Some local businesses are open. But there's no air traffic. So there's some good news, but not the good news we're hoping for. Man, I can't wait. All right. Reezy agreed. I've never used it personally. Yeah. And, again, Father Fish might be like, nope, here's the study. And this is what I've you know, and then I'd be like, Hey, it does look, there's a study that says it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think oftentimes this has nothing to do with father fish, but in general, oftentimes I think people will try something and this doesn't have to do with garlic specifically or anything, but let's, let's see what's a different example. Um, Again, think of something specific, but we'll try something and like let's say that we've tried neon tetras four times, and the neon tetras always die. And this time we get neon tetras and we try um, a specific food. I don't know the name of the food, let's call it Dan's hot mess food, right? We feed our new tetras that we got after losing a few batches. We treat this last batch. Dan's hot mess food, they don't die. Well, often that's the kind of scenario where we start hearing opinions about what something does or doesn't do. So now I go and I say, hey, Dan's hot mess food treats neon tetras; and makes it so they live. Well, maybe or maybe the first three batches had a disease or maybe, you know, there's all these other variables. So I think often what we have is an anecdotal experience where we we tried something a desired result was obtained, and so we attribute that result to that thing we tried without actually having done controls. So there's a million variables that it could have been, but because we're focused on one of those variables, we attach that variable to that result, whether it was the cause of that result or not, right? So, yeah. So I I feel like most actually of what we get when it comes to these kinds of things is that kind of experience. I hear it all the time. Um, are you going to join in on the project Posilla fun for me? No, I'm not. And it's not because I don't want to, or um, er, Posilia. Sorry. It's just, I'm too darn busy. Like I haven't even had time to, to spawn these pseudomugils. Like I've got a whole bunch of Ivan stuff. I, I should be spawning them. They're, they're hard to find. They're beautiful. They're spawning like crazy, but I don't have the time to raise an incubate and do all that right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm spread too thin. So I wish I could do cool things like that, but uh, at this moment, no, what's going to have to happen is it's going to be a rough year. What I mean by that is I'm experimenting with the limits of what the business can do its current configuration and trying to find out, How much can I do? What's the limit of what I can accomplish? How much time does it take to do this task? How much time does it take to do that? Um, So that I can formulate a plan for expansion so I can know what to expect from employees. So when we expand into a warehouse and we have a lot more tanks and a lot more to do, I can be like, okay, I know it takes this long to properly feed um, 150 aquariums. And I can extrapolate that to 300 or to 500 or to to a 1,000 or whatever, right? So that way I can get a plan together of knowing, okay, I have this many tanks, it's going to take this many hours to do this task. So I need this number of employees and that's going to cost this much. And I can create a business plan with actual, at least some actual knowledge, some actual certainty, instead of just numbers out of nowhere on a spreadsheet. So I'm um, trying to figure out what all that is, trying to do absolutely as much as I can without help. I do have a pistol that helps me pack fish, but that's just on Sundays. And um, so it's just going to, it's going to be a long year. <laughs> when I absolutely can't help it anymore, I will hire someone, but I'm trying not to until I absolutely must. So, um, that's just a way of saying I'm going to be super busy um, just maintaining 150 plus aquariums, plus all the fish, finding sources, bringing in new fish, landing them, getting them healthy, shipping them out, all that. Plus little social media, little YouTube time, uh, keep you all informed of what's going on. It's, it's a busy time. So extra things like that I would love to do. I love to breed and raise a lot of the fish I have, um, but I'm going to have to put that off for a little bit. Michael Wentworth, if you don't have time for the Ivan Safi, you might as well send some in the box with the Mellis slash Signifer so I can increase my group size. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we've about reached the end, so I'm going to get ready to – I don't think I missed – I think we're all good. Oh, no. Oh no, chat jumped on me. So I do have a few minutes, so I'm gonna to get to a few of these that chat jumped on. Sorry about that, folks. Here we are, two Ltd. Articles from science labs are amazing and some breeders even track genetic populations of species for a long time, no matter what species. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Select Aquatics does a good job of that kind of stuff too Guitar Doc Other than the classic blue I'm sorry Hang on A drink will help clear my mind (laughs) As Billy Idol says So I'll sip another drink Because it'll give me time to think Other than the classic beta versus anything matchup What would be the worst fish combo If one is opposed to gratuitous violence Oh jeez I don't know I don't even come close to that. I try to avoid any kind of aggression or stress at all. So, I mean, cichlids can be brutal and it's pretty bad because it's usually a long drawn out thing, right? Um, I'm not adverse to nature, like big fish eat little fish. I get that. Um, I have no problem feeding my puffer live fish. It doesn't bother me. It's, It's what happens in nature doesn't bug me at all. Some people it bothers and that's okay. I'm not saying it shouldn't bother you if it does, but that doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is when there's a bad matchup, um, often say you, okay, let's say it's angelfish. You get a couple angelfish. You think they're nice community fish. Cause that's what the pet store tells you. You get them home. They get a little bigger. Summer comes around. The water gets warm. Suddenly you've got this one that's just so aggressive to the others, right? Um, that's like this slow death by stress in and bullying. And that's what I find really sad. So this long drawn out unnecessary suffering basically. So that's the kind of thing that really bothers me more than, um, more than just a fish eating another fish. Now putting two bettas together bothers me because there's no need to fight fish, right? Um, I understand if you're from a culture or whatever where that's just an important thing in in your culture or is meaningful in a way that's important to you i I don't want to judge you in your culture but for me there's no i'm an american here is not an embedded part of my culture Um, there's there's no reason i feel for me to need to do that so that that kind of thing i find gratuitous um and unnecessary michael wentworth i imagine a reliable scientific paper on garlic will surface about some time as a paper proving that does get extra iron actually makes plants more red probably be waiting a while yeah yeah <laughs> yes yes indeed humans are hardwired this is lumpy dog to spot single variable cause and effect actions it was an evolutionary advantage but unfortunately it causes superstitions and false correlations yeah we all we're all biased to our experience for sure yeah. Okay. With that, let's go ahead and do a giveaway. Speaking of um actual information and primary sources, we're giving away a pass to the aquarium um veterinarian conference, which will be Monday through Thursday of next week, eight thirty I'm sorry, correction, six thirty PM to ten thirty PM Eastern Time, um Monday through Thursday next week. It's forty dollars to join, so if you don't win. Go to aquariumvet.com, is it? There's links. Um, And sign up yourself. It's only 40 bucks for 16 hours of presentations from actual aquarium veterinarians. It's a great opportunity. But someone here will win that. Dancefish will pay for one pass for someone who would like to go. Um, If you do win, I do need to get some information from you. So I want you to be aware that I will need... Let's go over this again, Um, just because I don't want people to join or to uh, enter without knowing geek. (laughs) What will require me to enter on your behalf, because I'll basically enter your information and pay for you, is your country, your first and last name. Your address, your city, your state, your postal code, your email address. So, if you're comfortable sharing that with me so I can enter it in this field and then enter my credit card and, and pay for you, um, then feel free to join in. Um, hashtag fishvet. And we'll do that drawing right now. So, the winner is. Michael Brandle, Michael Brandle, you have won. Congratulations, Um, you've got a minute to chime in, let us know you're here, and then we'll go ahead and get you a pass to the Aquarium Vet Conference. By the way, it's online, so you don't have to travel or anything, Um, and what excuse do you have? It's basically, you can watch it from your own device in your own home. It's 40 bucks, Um, I I get that, that actually, I, I should say that there are a lot of people that are struggling, especially right now, that are out of work and things. So I totally get it if you can't afford it. That's there's no pressure. But um, I think if you can swing it as a as someone in the fish hobby, it's probably worth joining up, going to that conference so you can take better care of your fish. All right. Let's see. He's here. All right. Michael Brandle, you've won. If you'd send me an email, Dan at DanceFish.com. Um, Then I'll reply and we'll get you all situated. So thanks for being here, everybody. I appreciate it. Thanks to my mods. As always, you guys are amazing. Um, Anyone that left a super chat, always appreciated, Never required, but it does help. All the comments and questions, thanks for doing that. Thanks for helping make it lively. Oh, I missed one. Bob 999 with Pippi Longstocking, doing her thing. (laughs) Thanks, Bob. I really appreciate it everybody thanks for being here i won't be here next week because oh wait we have more drawings to do i'm sorry i forgot josh is giving away some plants Woo! almost forgot so just one more fish with josh is giving away um two bundles of Vallisneria and water sprite i believe it's each bundle has some Vallisneria and water sprite in it so two separate bundles each of which contain Vallisneria and water sprite Yes? Okay, good. So if, and by the way, let us know, since most people entered for the fish thing, if you don't want the plants, if you win, let us know so we can draw again and get someone in that does want them. So for some Valicinarian water sprite, Wrench Chowel. Wrench Chowel, you have won a plant package from Just One More Fish with Josh. Let us know if you're here. And if you don't want it, let us know so we can draw someone who does. But not everyone has planted tanks. I get it. All right, let's see. Or did I already send everyone away? But I did, I'm so sorry, Josh. I just forgot, just forgot. Wrench Chow, if you're here, let us know. <laughs> I totally forgot, it's kind of a last minute giveaway. So, all right. I bet Wrench Chow already left since I cl- I started kind of closing out the stream. That's my bad. Anyway, while we're waiting for Wrench Chowl, I will not be here next week because I will be attending the Aquarium Veterinarian Conference. Um, I hope you do too, but if not, I'm sure someone will take the slot. Um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for next Wednesday. Let's see. Okay, we're done. Sorry, Wrench Chowl. That's probably my bad, but the winner is Moonstone. Moonstone, are you still here? You are. All right, Moonstone's still here. And the second winner is... Salem Aquarium, so Moonstone and Salem Aquarium, I'm pretty sure you're both here. Let us know if for some reason um, you don't keep plants, and we'll give them to someone else, but I think that'll probably do it. Moonstone and Salem Aquarium, I think it's still. All right, Moonstone wants the plants. Good, good, good. Let's just see if Salem Aquarium chimes in. I know they were here earlier. Josh, I'm sorry, dude. Totally my bad. I just, it's such, it's like a reaction to, uh, <laughs> I do the drawing and it close out. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> sorry. All right. So I wonder if Salem Aquarium left already, probably. We'll draw again in just another couple seconds here if we don't hear from Salem Aquarium. That's awesome, Moonstone. I'm, I'm glad you... Glad you got some. Glad you got some giveaway. All right. The second winner is Karen Kay. Karen, are you here? Karen, are you here? Let's see. Hopefully. Oh, Salem Aquarium is here. Oh, sorry. All right. Karen Kay, it looks like you've won anyway because Salem is passing. Very well. I get it. I lurk in a lot of streams, so I would be, like, across the room with my hands, like, up to my shoulders in tanks and be like, wait, wait, I've got to dry off and get over to my keyboard and everything. I get that it takes a second. Karen Kay says he's here. (laughs) I read the dance fish is your daddy, Moonstone. (laughs) Says Punchy (laughs) Paints. Oh, man. Karen Kay. All right. Great. So Karen Kay, you have won. All right. looks like we have two winners. Thanks again, Josh. Um, so if everyone that won could email me, um, Dan at dancefish.com, then for the two plant winners, I will get you in touch with Josh and um, we can go from there. Anyway, thanks again, everybody. I'm going to close it down for realsies this time. Um, so thanks again, Josh, for, for making this, even more fun with a couple plant package giveaways. I appreciate it. I'll not see you next Wednesday, but I'll see you the following Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, Until then, have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Um, Bye-bye. Oh, wait, we can't end on the wrong screen. There we go. Uh, (laughs) Bye-bye.